0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Collaboration Space. I'm Nancy Lucier, and today we're going to be talking about creating a less digital and more human workplace with intelligent video. And with me to help me do that today is Lauren Simmon, who is the Director of Product Marketing at Crestron. Welcome, Lauren.
1: Thanks, Nancy. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. Like we were talking about, it cooled off a little bit here today. It's October.
1: Yep. The, Even the, in the Florida, it's of the- cooling off. Yeah, the, I'm in Rhode Island, and it's it's definitely getting cold up here. Yep, yep. The winter's coming. The winter's coming. So, Lauren, maybe
0: you can kick off our conversation and kind of share with us some of the insights that you're hearing from customers as to what are the challenges that they're having now with the hybrid workplace when it comes to creating that human experience.
1: Definitely. And, uh, I, you know, this is a passion or a topic that's near and dear to my heart. I've been a remote, full-time remote employee for over a decade. And so I've seen it just from, you know, let's have audio conferencing to the, mm-hmm. the bringing in video to, you know, now this everyone was home with COVID and now this new world that we're in. So it's been cool to see the evolution. But with that comes challenges. Uh, every time new innovation or new um, a new challenge comes uh, out, we have to figure out how to adapt to it. Uh, when everybody went home for COVID, we all had those little squares, right? We all had this yeah. thing called equal pixel. All state. the Brady
0: Bunch, the Brady Bunch exactly. or the Muppets. Yeah.
1: And we didn't realize how difficult video conferencing was prior to COVID until we hit COVID. Uh, and, and what I mean by that is back before COVID hit, back before we all went home, we were just excited to, as a remote person, I was just excited to see the faces of the people in the room. And it made me feel like, hey, I'm part of this conversation. Um, as everybody had those equal squares, that birdie Bunch thing going on, uh, now that we are have some people back in the office and some people are remote, there's a few struggles that we have. Um, one is uh, just engagement with the remote participants. So when we're sitting in a room, uh, where our natural reaction is to speak to the person you're talking to, whether it's across the table, whether it's next to you, you're not really thinking about where the camera is placed in the room. So you may not be uh, looking at the camera, which means the remote person is going to see the back of your head.
0: Or, or the side of your head, yeah.
1: Exactly. yeah absolutely. Or even what, what becomes even harder um, is this cognitive dissonance, this decision-making process that you have to make when you're sitting in a room. Now we're more aware of remote participants. So I find it's actually harder to be in the room because we're aware that, hey, there's somebody on this far end, but this person's the one who's addressing me. So who do I look at? Who do I, where do I look, where do
0: I look and when? Yeah, exactly.
1: And it, it takes away whether or not we realize it or not, but behaviorally, it takes us away from those meeting spaces and and what we're actually trying to accomplish in that meeting. So that's one of the struggles is, is making the connection between remote and in, in person natural. Uh, without us having to, you know, go leaps and bounds to try and make sure everybody's included. Um, There's also FOMO, right? There's from a remote participant. I I live 200 miles away from the office, so I'm not going to go in all the time. Mm -hmm. But if everybody's in there, I want to be engaged, but I also don't want to be rude. I want to be able to see everybody's faces and see body language so I know when is it appropriate for me to jump in or when is it uh, appropriate for me to make a comment or simple things like reading the room, if somebody mm-hmm. tells a joke in the room and everybody kind of sits back and puts their arm, crosses their arms, <laughs> I know that that joke didn't land very well, so I probably yeah. shouldn't add to it. Or vice yeah. versa, um, it's that bringing the the human element of this back yeah. together. Yeah. And, and I think everyone seeing you as a
0: participant with your facial expressions, then people will kind of, you kind of have cues as when you're ready to jump in and say something. So it's important for people to see you too, being exactly. a remote participant.
1: I mean, Teams and Zoom and all of the other conferencing technologies have gr- done a great job of you know, being able to raise your hand. But to your point, if 10 people are sitting in a room and you've got four people that are remote, if those four people raise their hand, chances are they're not looking at the screen to see who's raised their hand and when they want to talk and it just breaks up the conversation. Uh, so that's the biggest challenge that we're trying to, uh, account- or trying to get over because uh, this also plays into engagement. Um, and, and in employee retention and things like that in this new workforce, which is all new elements that we have to we have to try and account for.
0: Yeah. So what are some of the ideas that you can share as how to make that experience better, make it equitable and keep everyone engaged and therefore productive and you know accomplishing the goals of the meeting?
1: Absolutely. There's a couple of different areas and and I've been spending a lot of time with Crush on looking at it, not just from the meeting space, because that's one part of it. Uh, the, the four walls, the display, people coming in to meet about a specific purpose. Uh, when you're looking at, at trying to build engagement and productivity in those spaces, the biggest thing is really trying to ensure that every person who's sitting in every chair can get the remote participant can get a direct view of their face. They can also see that composite view of what the room looks like. So you can do those things like reading the room. Uh, so it's really looking at the design and the functionality of each meeting room to make sure that you have the right intelligent video technology. Uh, intelligent video technology has grown significantly over the last, really, you know, three years. It's it's gone super gangbusters and all the different things that have come in. But when do I need speaker tracking? When do I need group framing? When do I need uh, video switching? Right? When when do I need all these technologies? It's really based on the functionality of the room. And the other side to that that we're looking at is not just those four walls. Uh, as as I'm sure you guys at AVISPL have seen, these mixed use or common spaces are now becoming gathering points. And you know, when, when I go into the office, if my coworker and I are sitting there having a conversation, it's like, oh, it'd be really cool if we called in Sam because uh, we want to get you know his opinion on something. No matter where we are, we have to have that capability to video call somebody. Uh, things like town halls um, are becoming more and more popular. They kind of went away for a while, Now they're coming back as a way to bring the remote workforce and the in-person workforce together. Well, you can't do a town hall in a 10-person conference space. You've got to have these larger auditoriums or these larger mixed-use spaces. you got to think about putting video there as well to make sure that you can accomplish those needs.
0: Yeah, and you you talked a lot about how you, you've you been remote for a long time, but now the workforce has changed after the pandemic. You know, everybody wants to at least be hybrid or fully remote, so the people that we're working with have changed that group. You mentioned you were in Rhode Island. You're not near the headquarters. I happen to live near Tampa, but not everybody on my team does, so I get the idea of enabling every space, every collaboration space to do those video calls. Mm-hmm. So, And is it just one camera now that we're using for space, or what are some of the other ideas that Crestron's bringing to the table with intelligent video?
1: Yeah, it really depends, and it's a great question, because again, it goes back to, let's look at the space. Um, for smaller so smaller areas, you have great solutions like the Panacast 50 from Jabra, where you have three cameras in a video bar sitting in the front of the room, which is going to give you a lot of those effects. But once you get over a certain number of people, it's gonna, uh, you're, you're gonna you know, start to warp and you're, you're not gonna mm-hmm. be able to get everybody the same way that you want. When you get into these larger spaces, a single camera is just not gonna cut it. You have to have multiple cameras in the space, whether they're, if, if anybody was at Infocom and saw our sightline demonstration or has called into our CEC or our, our um, Pressure and Experience Center in New Jersey mm-hmm. and has seen the camera switching technology uh, that we have now with the One Beyond acquisition of their technologies, We have cameras placed at ISE. We had seven cameras throughout a room for a 15-person meeting space. What that allowed us to do was every single person, no matter where they sat, whether they were standing, whether they were presenting in the front of the room, had the ability to have a camera trained on them when they were speaking. And for larger uh, meetings where you're doing a lot more collaboration, you really do want that experience. Now, if you're in a presentation, if somebody's you know just presenting um, quarterly results or annual results, mm-hmm. you may only need a speaker tracker at the front of the room and then a camera showing the, the whole space. Uh, it, it, like I said, it really depends, but we're seeing a lot more, especially in these larger spaces, putting multiple cameras to use, um, but that requires some back end smarts as well, right? It requires yeah. an, some sort of switching technology with Pressuron, it's our Automate VX. Uh, what that does is, as somebody's speaking, it ch- tells the camera, hey, you know, Nancy speaking over in seat seven, train a camera onto her. And then if I speak again, it says, okay, Lauren speaking, now go go put that camera back to Lauren. So that way you don't see that pan and zoom that you would, you're actually physically mm-hmm. switching cameras throughout the space.
0: And and I like that that's gonna do it itself because when we're talking about engagement, I don't wanna have to walk into a room and
1: worry about how that tech is gonna work. I just want it to work, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and and we do a lot of that with Crush Runner. We we that's one of the things that we talk about is the fact that we can integrate all of these technologies, whether it's the audio being pushed throughout the room or the video being pushed to different displays or the camera technology. You just walk in, start your meeting, and it it magically all works.
0: I like that. I like the sound of that. Well, Lauren, thank you for joining me today. I appreciate your time.
1: Thanks for having me
0: you're welcome. I think this was great information for everyone to be listening to and hope it helps everyone. Uh, Thanks to our listeners out there who joined us today. Don't forget you can follow us on YouTube at AVI SPL Info so you'll never miss a video podcast. You can also listen to the audio stream on your favorite podcast app. Just search for The Collaboration Space. Thanks again and we'll see you next time. For more information, visit avispl.com slash Crestron.